This is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro. Well, with the mask mandates finally being lifted off of travel from airplanes to trains and other things, and many of the mandates that we've seen over the last few years starting to go away, it's time to start thinking about how our state actually performed when it comes to the overall COVID numbers as well, too. Uh, Not only that, but how does it relate to the overall health of our state as well? So, Welcome to the Wealth of Ohio show. I'm your host, Robert Dodaro. The show is always dedicated to helping the people of Ohio better understand how our state stacks up when it compares to the rest of the country on key issues concerning your wealth. And no, wealth doesn't just relate to your finances. It's a term your health is related to your wealth. Uh, your spiritual well-being is related to your wealth. Uh, having, you know, overall, just a quality of lifestyle is related to your wealth, too. So this week, we're fortunate enough to have with us, as always, our co-hosts, Tony Shore and Matt Gilbert. How are you doing this week, Tony? I am great. Thanks for having me on the show again, Robert. And I know you've got a great one lined up, but I've had a good week. You know, just been busy, got to spend some time with the fam. We were talking about that before the show. That's always nice. But I know you've been running around like crazy. Um, uh, This has been a busy couple of weeks for you, hasn't it? That's, that, that's every week. Well, fortunately, <laughs> yeah. you know, tax, tax season is finally over. So things start to quiet down a little bit. And for our podcast listeners, uh, you know, when we do our bonus segment this week for you guys, uh, we, we've got some interesting research and some numbers on how the state of Ohio stacks up in terms of tax refunds and taxes owed. So don't forget to tune into the podcast. If you're listening on the radio, you can always check our podcast out. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. We're on on app, Amazon Music, and we're on Google uh, as well, too. Did I, did I forget anybody in there? No, no, you got it. No. We're, we're actually a Google Podcasts, Google Apple, Podcasts. Po- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, mm. and Amazon Music. One day I'll understand all these channels as well, too. That's not <laughs> my thing. Pretty much everywhere, uh, major pod, every major podcast site, pretty much. That's right. And and as always, we have Matt Gilbert, who works with us in the Worcester office at Prism Wealth Management. Uh, he's also a licensed uh, financial advisor as well, too. Uh, and he helps out with a lot of the research that we do. So how are you doing this week, Matt? I'm doing good. I'm excited about the no mask mandate for a trip coming up in uh-huh. Well, just a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 We get to fly to Phoenix in a couple of weeks. Oh, so really? hopefully we'll see what the courts do between now and yeah, then and whether or not change. it maintains. Yeah. It, that could change at yeah. a moment's notice. But I mean, imagine being on one of those flights, like you say, there you got all kinds of reactions to that story because there were the people who, you know, were, were happy. Obviously, a lot of people were happy that they were removed, but there were the people who were upset, just like always in society, no matter what, there's going to be people who feel both ways about the subject. But I could understand 
understand that if you were on the plane and you were someone with health issues and you expected the whole plane trip for people to be masked and then all of a sudden right in the middle, everybody takes their mask off. If you were, you know, a person with anxiety, uh, yeah, you'd probably be a little bit nervous at that time. But I think it was cause for celebration for, uh, you know, way more people than it was cause for concern uh, out there as well, too. So. We wanted to do a deep dive this week. You know, we, we, we came across some interesting articles in the past couple of weeks that started ranking the states mm. in terms of their overall performance and how they handled COVID. So not only do we want to talk about that, but it got us to thinking about healthcare in general and how that relates to your wealth. So a lot of people ask me questions on Medicare. So we're going to spend a good amount of time going into Medicare today as well, too, and just kind of teaching you a little bit of the basics of what you need to know about Medicare, too. But as always, any of the information that we're sharing, we do provide the resources. We send out weekly videos and weekly show notes to people who are on our email list. So that way you can see the information, see the articles that we are referencing and and, and digest the information for yourself. You know, it's always good to go straight to the horse's mouth and look at the resources as well, too. So if you want to start getting our show notes, all you got to do is sign up to get on our email list. You can call 330-804-0123 and give us your email and we'll add you to the email list. Uh, You can even text your email to us at 330-804-0123. Make sure to include your name, at least, so we know, you know, who you are, at least while we're addressing emails to you. But, you know, we want to give you that information. We want to help the people of Ohio because we understand that a lot of these issues are complicated and confusing, and we hope to bring some clarity and some new perspective. So that being in mind, we found a pretty good article from, actually, there were two articles we found ranking states uh, based on how they responded to COVID. I think the one that we found that came out of Politico was a bit better in there, and it did a pretty good job of breaking things down. So they they ranked the states not just in terms of the healthcare reaction and how well we did with the scoring on our health scores, but also in terms of maintaining our economy maintaining our social well-being and the educational standards, because all four of those things were definitely impacted by COVID, the shutdowns and all that. And I think this article did a pretty good job, at least of giving you the perspective of all these different things that you could be looking at and comparing them. So how did Ohio do? Uh, they don't really rank everybody in order, but Ohio did fairly well. I mean, they, based on what I saw, they did close to the national average in most things in there, but they do give Not you a bad. good breakdown, you know, good breakdown on each category as to how each state did. And of course, we'll be nice enough to tell you how our, our, our other uh, was a favorite state of Michigan <laughs> did as well, you know, in there. Cause that's, you know, that, that, that we, we got, got to beat Michigan. That's just the way that it goes. Right. So in Ohio, you know, when you look at the health score, like overall, the United States scored 49. We actually scored a 36. So that's actually a worse score based on this metric, just so you understand. So on average, the state of Ohio did not do as well in the medical side of things. Mm. And, you know, one thing I can understand about that is, you know, Ohio is an older state. You know, we have an older population in this state. And, you know, obviously COVID has a much harder impact on the elderly population. So I wouldn't expect us to do as well as the national average in there, just based on, you know, the demographics of our population. But still, when 
and they looked at it and they ranked us, you know, and how they scored everything. Uh, Ohio isn't didn't have as much vaccinations as other states as well, too. And there is a lot more vaccine hesitancy in the state of Ohio as well, too, based on, you know, the people I know and the people that I talk to as well. That's that's not surprising. But even though we didn't do as well in uh, health, we did better in the economy. We did uh, a, a little, uh, well, a little better on the economy, a little worse on the social well-being, but we did substantially better in the education department, and I can attest to that. I mean, I know my kids. You know, our school. I was very impressed with my kids' school in that uh, when when 2020 happened, they did shut down at the beginning, like everybody did. But when the school back, opened back up in fall of 2020, it was in-person classes. They did not shut down again after that. Uh, they kept the kids coming into class. And if there was a problem, they handled it. And so we did very well in the education department. And it shows because our test scores are getting better as well, too, as where there's a big national drop off. We actually are seeing better scores in the state of Ohio. So lots of perspective in there. Uh, Matt, did you did you see what uh, how Michigan did? Michigan was slightly lower, which is good. Mm-hmm. So let me Pull that up. Interesting thing that I was looking at was comparing each section on kind of the winners and losers. Mm-hmm. And in health, it was always a Democratic state that was kind of at the top. And it seemed like the Republicans were more mm-hmm. at the bottom. But then you got the economy or schooling and it was the Republican states. But going to Michigan, Michigan was uh, yeah, about 10 points under the national average for health. They were almost 20 points under for the economy which they do have a lot of manufacturing up there still with the cars. And then you got social well-being. They were actually a little bit higher, almost 10 points higher. I will say Michigan does have a lot of natural resources and activities mm-hmm. to do, so people can do that. They have farmland. Crime actually went up. It said about 8.8% change since 2019, which was at their baseline is. And then they didn't really, they had an 11% decrease which I think is actually good on the difficulty meeting household expenses. And then education, they are about 10 points under the national average. So just just to short and sweet for everybody, Michigan did slightly better in the health department, uh, but they did worse in economy. They did way better on their social score. And I, you know, this goes back to our show last week and how, who, you know, when they were better? Ranking, Ohio did better on. Oh, sorry. No, uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan did better on the social oh, score. They did. They did way worse on the educational score oh, though, okay. as well, too, in there. And their overall average, they did not do as well. So we averaged a 50. They averaged a 43. So Ohio beat Michigan yet again, you know, and that as well, too. And, you know, even on the social score, I have to question because we talked about this last week when we discussed quality of life and how like they didn't rank Ohio well in like environmental factors and things like that as well too and that would contribute to a social score but you know I come from Texas when I moved up here and uh, you know it's beautiful in Ohio like I don't uh, the natural environment of Ohio is very beautiful so I'm not sure why Ohio doesn't score as well in some of those categories I think people may tend to overlook some of the the hiking and the the, the outdoor activities activities that we do have. There's not as many lakes in Ohio. So, I mean, that, that may very well be it. We we don't all go out on Lake Erie. I think that's it. The Great Lakes. I mean, that's the upper upper peninsula and the Great Lakes. I think that that does it probably. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 and that's understandable with it as well too, but it's not surprising that they didn't do as well on economy and that they didn't like their crime went up a lot more and the shutdowns had a lot of impact on that. So, 
Overall, if you want to know how you, how our state stacked up and against some of the other states, there's great resources. Get on our email list. You'll get the information there uh, as well, too, and you can see what we are looking at. But when it comes to healthcare and it comes to your wealth, most people start thinking about Medicare. And I know that's a big topic that everybody wants to talk about. And, and a lot of people just don't understand the differences of Medicare. So before we go to our break here in just a little bit, uh, you know, Medicare, the original Medicare, there are are two parts to it. There's part A and part B. Part A covers your hospitalization. And this is actually free. You know, it's actually something that you don't pay for on part A uh, with it as well. So when you go to the hospital, part A is there and it normally picks up about 80% of your costs in the hospital. But if you're in the hospital for a long stay, you can look at some very, very expensive costs uh, in there as well, too. However, when you're talking about, uh, you know, some of the other factors in there uh, as well, part B is your doctor's visits when you go to the doctor's office and all that. This one you actually have to pay for, and it is $170.10 a month right now. So basically, when you turn 65, if you're still working and still covered by your employer, you still sign up for Part A because that's free and it helps out with your hospitalization and works in conjunction with your existing coverage. However, you don't sign up for Part B until you stop working and you stop having work coverage at that point in time. If you work beyond the age of 65 and you want to sign up for Part B later, there is a letter that you need your company to sign showing that you have been covered during those extra months beyond age 65. Otherwise, you will be penalized if you try and sign up after the age of 65. So it's okay not to sign up at 65 if you still have coverage. Just when you do sign up, later, you want to make sure you get this form signed by your company acknowledging that they did cover you so you don't have penalties later. But there's a lot more that we want to talk about that uh, when we get back. But ultimately, when you're talking about healthcare, it is related to your overall wealth and it is related to building the plan. We know healthcare can be one of the most expensive costs in retirement. And if you're looking at trying to build a plan, a comprehensive plan that helps you address not only your healthcare needs, but tax efficiency, your investments, your income needs, and your legacy, then you need a comprehensive solution like our clear retirement solution that we talk about on this show. It's a way to help you put your big picture in perspective and let you know what your path is currently for retirement. It's a comprehensive and com and complimentary process that we take you through when you come meet with us in either our Worcester or Wadsworth offices. And all you need to do to sign up and schedule a time is call 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. But we'll be right back in just a moment with more talking on about Medicare on the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. Do you feel prepared for retirement? Robert Dodaro from Prison Wealth Management works to help people navigate the uncertainties of retirement strategies. If you would like help understanding complex topics like social security, tax deferral, or growing your nest egg, visit his website at wealthofohio.com or give his office a call at 330-804-0123 or online at wealthofohio.com. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through AEWM LLC. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And we're here with Robert and Matt. You guys are talking about Medicare and uh, some things we need to know. Uh, what else do you have for us about Medicare that we really need to know about, Robert? 
So, well, part A and part B, as we discussed, A is hospitalization, B is where you get for coverage to go to the doctor. Uh, these things are something, they're original Medicare that everybody signs up for uh, when they retire. Okay. Well, there are some people that have federal coverage or, you know, their job will actually provide them coverage in retirement to where they don't need to sign up for Medicare. But overwhelmingly, most of us are going to be signing up for Medicare when we retire or when we reach age 65. So uh, that being said, Medicare covers about 80% of your costs. That's just a, a basic way of looking at it. That's not universal on everything, but just as a, a general rule, assume that it's going to cover 80% of the cost. So how do you cover the extra 20%? And this is where everybody gets a little bit confused. So we have either, you know, there's, there's part C, okay? Part C is your advantage plans. Now, your advantage plans are offered by the government as a way to help cover the 20% costs. Now, they don't cover the full 20% in there, and there's several different types of advantage plans out there, but the big perks of advantage plans is that they are comprehensive. When you get an advantage plan, it helps cover part of the extra 20%. It usually provides prescription coverage. There are some that'll bring in dental and vision and those types of things as well, too. Some of the drawbacks of them, though, and they're, they're working on this, uh, is that a lot of them don't travel out of state with you, okay? So, like, if you're someone who's going to buy the camper and travel the United States and you have an Advantage plan, the, the big drawback is, is that if you travel out of state, the coverage may not go with you. Even if the coverage does go out of state with you, you have to remember that Advantage plans operate based off of a network of doctors. So you have to find doctors within your network in order to accept the Advantage plans as well, too. So those are some of the bigger drawbacks of it. Uh, but in the end, some of the benefits are pretty good. Like I say, they're comprehensive. A lot of plans are pretty cheap. You know, some of them you don't have to pay anything for, as a matter of fact, uh, with it as well. And a lot of them are eligible for a program called Silver Sneakers. Have you ever heard of that, Matt? Oh, yeah. I used to work in a fitness facility, so it was popular, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. very popular. And it's not just for their health. It's social and everything. It gives a place for people that may have lost a loved one mm -hmm. to go meet up with old friends or somebody that kind of gives you that routine of meeting, socializing. Yeah, I think it's a great program. Yeah, so it gives you access to most of the gyms across the country. I mean, a, a lot of them, if not all of them, I mean, realistically. Uh, and I even have clients who are on silver sneakers who actually get incentivized to work out to where Medicare will give them bonuses for working out as well, too. So it's a pretty cool program in there as well, too. And you want to be, you know, just aware of that. So, I mean, it's like I say, you're like, Robert, it's it's cheap, you know, it, you know, maybe yeah, it doesn't travel, but if I'm not planning on traveling, that's not a big deal. Uh, and there as well, it's comprehensive, but it, it doesn't cover everything. So when you go to the doctor, when you go to the hospital, you are going to have out-of-pocket costs. You are going to have bills that you need to be aware of. There are deductibles that you have to pay. Like if you go to the hospital currently in 2022, the deductible is $1,556. So you have to pay that fifteen fifty six every year first, and then Medicare covers eighty percent beyond that for most things. If you're in the hospital for a long period of time, you know there's there's costs like Medicare helps you cover the first sixty days, but 
after the first 60 days, from day 61 through 90, you're paying $389 per day. If you go from day, you know, after day 90, it's $778 per day, you know, that you would be paying out of pocket. So your Advantage plan can help with some of those costs. But if you're in the hospital for a long period of time on an Advantage plan, you can have some massive medical bills that you have to worry about. So rather than doing Advantage plans, this is where Medigap comes in. So some people call it Medigap. Some people refer to them as supplements. But this is when you're buying private insurance to help cover the cost. And there are several different types of Medigap policies out there as well, too. And the difference is, is that Medigap's not comprehensive, like the, like the Advantage plans are. With Medigap, you have to buy something to help cover the cost of that 20%. And there are policies you can buy that will pay the full 20% that Medicare doesn't pay, cover your deductible for the hospital uh, and everything. They won't cover the deductible for Part B. So I didn't mention that a moment ago. So if you go to the doctor, there is a deductible of $233 for the year. So you pay the first 233 and then Medicare kicks on and covers 80% after that. If you get a Medigap policy, okay, the best Medigap policies that you can find out there or at least I don't want to say the best, but the ones that offer the most coverage uh, are Plan G's, okay? And Plan G will cover the Part A deductible, the 1556. It'll cover the extra 20%. So these are the ones that like when you have a friend who goes to the hospital and you're like, well, how bad were the medical bills? And they're like, I didn't have to pay anything. Normally that means they might have a Plan G. Maybe they have one of the old Plan Fs, depending on how old they are and everything as well too. But they're very good policies in there. The Plan G does not cover the $233 deductible for going to the doctor, though. That's the one thing it doesn't cover. But the benefits of getting a Medigap policy is that it can cover all those extra bills. So if you're someone who needs care regularly, even though they may cost more money per month, the amount of money you save when you're actually paying for your care can make up for that difference in there as well, too. So it's something you want to consider. Plus, when you're with a supplement, there's no network. If your doctor or hospital takes Medicare, then they're going to take your supplement. So you can go where you want. Even if you're traveling out of state, they go with you as well, too. So they're a little bit more flexible and they're, they're better coverage, but they're more expensive on a monthly basis. And that's the, that's the real big difference. The other difference is it's not as comprehensive. So notice I didn't say anything about prescriptions in there. Your Advantage plans will help you with prescriptions. If you want prescription coverage when you have a Medigap or supplement, then you have to pay for extra prescriptions yeah, coverage. That's part D. Remember, so for Medicare, there's parts A, B, C, and D. Okay. When you get into the whole Medigap area, that's when you're dealing with the plans. So you got to understand the difference between parts and plans. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused, Matt. I don't know if, that, if that's been your experience as well. Most people, when you say Medicare, they go, yeah, I have it. And that's all they know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got my card in my wallet. What, you know, whatever it says that, that that's what I've got, you know, right. that's, that's, that's probably the most common thing we hear when we're meeting yeah. with people. That's the but extent you, you of it understand. for most people, it, most of us. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how that transitions over the generations. Cause there's a bigger push in just healthcare in general, where it's kind of have the consumer take more responsibility, look mm -hmm. at what your network, look at that kind of stuff. So as you get to the younger generations to, to get on Medicare, mm -hmm. will they kind of understand it more? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's funny because when you do talk to the younger generations, the, a lot of them are for the Medicare for all thing. Uh, and then when you explain to them the cost of Medicare, first their eyes open up because they're like, wait a minute, I thought it was free. You're like, eh, no, no, no. Part of it is, but not all of it is free. And you've got to understand those differences. You also have to understand why people maybe go the private route to cover themselves extra with better coverage than what is provided out there. So it's it, 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 don't just buy into slogans or anything else like that. You've got to get the details. And we did do a, you know, we do have an article in our show notes as well that kind of explains the difference between Medicare Advantage and Medigap policies as well. If you want our show notes and you want to get on our weekly email list. All you need to do is give us a call 330-804-0123. We'll get you added to the email list, or you can even text that number and text us with your name and email address to 330-804-0123. And you'll get our weekly show notes, you know, as far as like, so if you're worried about getting too many advertisements or things like that, please understand, we're going to send you our weekly show notes with a small video that just tells you what the show was about this week. And Every month we do kind of a recap of what happened in the market this month, just so you can understand what's going on in the markets and what are the things maybe you want to pay attention to. That's the extent of how we're going to bug you when you sign up for your for the email list here uh, with it as well. And if anytime you want to unsubscribe, you unsubscribe and we leave you alone. Uh, that's kind of the way we've always operated and the, the way we feel is best to handle these things. But we want you to have the information. We want you to share these resources with you because we understand how confusing it can be. So, to sum up, you know, really quick and really shortly here for the difference between uh, Medicare Advantage plans and Medigap or supplements. So Medicare is the original. Again, part A, part B, uh, you, you, you get hospital coverage, you get doctor coverage in there uh, with it. And right now you're paying a, a little over $170 a month for this. There are deductibles that have to be met and Medicare will cover about 80% of your costs. To cover those additional costs, you can either get an Advantage plan or you can get a Medigap policy and add on prescription coverage if you want as well, too. The differences are the short and sweet differences. If you get a an Advantage plan, your monthly costs should be lower. I mean, on average, they are normally way lower with an Advantage plan. However, the cost of going and receiving actual care will be more. As where if you go the Medigap route, your monthly costs will be higher, but the cost of your care will be less. So this is why it's important to meet with a professional who understands the differences and can ultimately put numbers down for you so you can see the differences in cost to figure out which one you think might save you a little bit of money over your lifetime. But I think we all know the problem is we don't know when we're going to get sick. We don't know when we're going to need to go to the hospital and we don't know what's going to be wrong with us when we go to the hospital, right? I mean, no, no one has that crystal ball for the most part. I mean, some people have sicknesses and pre-existing conditions to where they know they're going to need care. But realistically, most of us don't know when those things are going to happen. So it makes the choice a little bit more difficult. And for me personally, how I think about it, when the time comes, uh, even if I end up paying more for the better coverage, you know, over my lifetime, if I don't have to worry about paying hospital bills where I don't have that stress 
hanging over my head, that's worth it to me. Now, it, it might save me money if something serious happens to me, but even if it costs me money, I still have that extra comfort of feeling of protection. And that's always worth something to me. I don't know, Matt, how you feel about the subject. If you're more of a saver of the monthly money or the piece, you know, I'd rather have that, that security. Right now, mm-hmm. I like to micromanage everything. In retirement, I don't want to have to worry about a thing. Let my advisor handle my finances, everything else, and I just want to go enjoy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of people. And so this is why you have to build a comprehensive plan. And this is what we call our clear retirement solution. This is where you come in, you meet with us for a complimentary appointment where we will gather information to help evaluate how you stack up in terms of your ability to generate income, how well your investments are suited for your tolerances, how much fees you're paying there as well, your tax efficiency. Are there strategies to help you efficiently unwind the taxes that you owe? in your IRAs and 401ks. Healthcare as well too. Which strategy makes more sense for you? You need someone who can break those down for you. And finally, legacy. You know, when you pass away, is the government going to get a lot more of your money than you may realize? And how much stress are you going to cause your family? Because basically, you know, if you just have that financial junk drawer where you don't really know where anything is or any of your accounts are, if they're your accounts and you can't explain them, How well do you think your kids are going to be able to find them and understand them as well, too? This all wraps up in legacy. So we're here to help you understand where you stand currently with the clear retirement solution. And then ultimately, we discuss what options may make sense moving forward to maybe help improve your plan as well. And as we said, this is a complimentary process where you can come meet with us in either Worcester or Wadsworth. And all you need to do is call 330-804-0123-330. 804-0123, or you can visit us on the web at myprismwealth.com. But that's about all the time we have for our show this week. We're going to be back in just a moment with our bonus segment for our podcast listeners, and we're going to be talking about taxes and how the state of Ohio stacks up in terms of refunds and owing money in the state. So you won't want to miss that. We'll be right back in a moment for our podcast and just a little bit. Thank you for listening to Wealth of Ohio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Robert Dodaro at Prism Wealth Management. Call 330-804-0123 or visit them online at wealthofohio.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Prism Wealth Management, LLC are not affiliated companies. Prism Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Prism Wealth Management is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Prison Wealth Management, LLC. This radio show is a paid placement. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. This is the bonus section of the podcast. And you said you wanted to talk about taxes. And 
Ohio taxes in particular. Uh, I, I know that they always break down states as to the best states to retire in, and taxes are a big part of that. But taxes are a part of it living for everyone, whether you're in retirement or saving for retirement, right? Oh, I wouldn't say everyone. There's definitely a good percentage of the population. I'd say maybe 15% of retirees aren't paying any form of income taxes. Oh, wow. it might, and that, that's that's just a random guess. I don't sure. have any statistics or research to back that yeah. up, but just off of the people I meet with. Sure. A lot of people, you know, there there is a lot of flexibility in retirement. If you're retiring and you only have social security, you don't have pensions, there is a good amount of money you can take from your IRAs every year and still not be paying taxes on it. It's it's taxable, but remember your income has to get to a certain point before you actually have to pay taxes. And that's the beauty of our tax system in there. I know people like to complain about it and all that, but I, I, there's a reason why there's such a large percentage of our population who does not pay income taxes. It's not just people who aren't working. It's a lot of retirees out there who really, they, they're they enjoying retirement, but they've planned properly and they know what they can spend. Like for example, I just met with a couple the other day and they're retiring in January next year, and they both have Social Security. And between their two Social Securities, they're going to get about $45,000 per year. Now, that money is not taxable in the beginning, not until your income gets above certain thresholds. So if you were one of the fortunate people who came out to our Social Security workshop over the last couple of weeks, then you know what we're talking about here. And keep in mind, you can go to our website, my prismwealth.com and check out our events page. We do classes on social security, taxes, income generating, estate planning courses as well too. We're not CPAs. We're not lawyers. We work with a bunch of CPAs and lawyers, but we have the information to share with you on what you need to know from a financial perspective on these topics as well too, because we understand how your accounts work and what you need to be aware of there. But Great resources as well, too. So eventually your income crosses a point to where you have to start paying taxes on Social Security. And we were able to calculate using our tax planning software that these people could take $20,000 from their IRAs or 401ks next year, and they would still pay no taxes on that money, right? Like that's that's a, a beautiful situation to be in. So I can get my $43,000 from social, or 45,000 from social security, plus take $20,000 from my IRAs, and I would still be paying no taxes on there, at least no federal taxes, we'll be clear on that. There's always other taxes, they, they'll, they'll get it one way or another from you, but we're just talking income taxes here. And that's, a, I mean, that that's a, a, a good feeling. I mean, I wanna enter retirement thinking like that or feeling like that, right? That, and it gives us a lot more planning opportunities on, are you going to spend it or not? We always recommend go, go years, enjoy your money. You've mm-hmm. worked hard for it, but if you're not, let's fortify it. Let's yeah. put it in a Roth. Yeah. So you can take the money at it. Like, so for these people, if they want to spend the 20,000, they can, if they're not planning on enjoying it. Cause when we sat down at first, they were thinking, well, we, uh, you know, we we're fine living on social security. That's all the money that we need. I was like, okay, well, you don't have to spend this $20,000, but if you're not going to spend it, maybe we take it out anyways. You got to pay the taxes on it if we take it out. But if you do this, we can do what's called a Roth conversion, where we take the money out of the IRA, pay the taxes on it, and move it into a Roth IRA where it will grow tax-free moving forward. So, I mean, imagine 
you know, getting your IRA money out without having to pay the taxes on it and moving it into an account where it grows tax free forever. Now, that's not the same for everybody that comes in the office. But if you had that opportunity and that options, wouldn't you want to be aware of it? Like, wouldn't you want someone telling you about that and talking to you about it and helping you figure out how much you can do before you have to start paying taxes? See, this is what we do when we meet with people in our office. We're here to help think about these things because we don't want your money going to the government any more than you do. I mean, that, that, it does not motivate me to work for someone, work hard, growing your money, trying to find opportunities to help your money grow to you know, help you get through retirement and then see all your money end up going to the government when all is said and done. So obviously it's advantage to take out your money tax-free, but do you have kind of a limit that you like to go up to to say, uh, okay, working with my clients, here are options and let them decide. So here's the beautiful thing about our tax planning software that I love so much about it is that so once we so once you get out of the the zero tax rate, the next tax bracket is the 10% tax bracket. So you're like, okay, well even if I take more money, I'm only paying 10%. Uh-uh-uh. Our tax software was able to show that once they cross that next $1000 that they take out of their IRA, even though technically they are in the 10% bracket, the next $1,000, they were going to pay 18.5% tax rate on that next $1,000 because not only were they going to be paying taxes on the $1,000, but it was also going to make an additional $850 of their Social Security money taxable when they cross that point. So that by taking $1,000 out of their IRA, they are going to have to pay taxes on $1,850 in there. These are the booby traps that the government puts on you in taxes and puts in the system in there. And then once they, after the next 10,000 they spent, uh, it was going to go up to 22 and a half percent on them. So imagine for every thousand dollars you took out of your IRA, having to pay taxes on $2,200 for every thousand dollars you took out of there as well, too. That puts a big dent in your assets and makes it to where you're giving away way more money to the government than what you should be giving. That is not tax efficiency. So this is why we stress tax efficiency and understanding when and where and what you can spend. And the beautiful part, and we found a great article, this actually, the article came from CBS, but If you're one of our listeners and you're paying attention, right in the beginning of that article, the first paragraph has a hyperlink, you know, a little underlined word that you can click on in the article that says analysis. This is where it takes you to the actual information from LendingTree. So LendingTree looked at the 2019 taxes on every state to tell you who got the average, the, the largest average refund and who, out of the people who owed, who owed the most money. And they ranked everybody. And, you know, the state of Ohio, in terms of refunds, we ranked number 45 out of 51 for refunds. And you're like, well, that sounds bad, right? Because overall, the state with the largest refund average uh, was Wyoming. And they averaged, their average refund was over $5,000. But for the state of Ohio, our average refund was only about $3,000. And the article doesn't consider that a good thing. Like I consider that a good thing. Like I don't want a large refund. If I get a large refund, it means I 
paid too much in taxes and I have to wait for the government to give my money back to me in there as well. It's not like they, it's not like they just gave you a discount or anything else like that. They didn't give you any interest on that $3,000. So being amongst the lowest in refunds, I take that as a good sign. It means the people of Ohio understand how to manage their taxes better than a lot of other states out there. But the other thing we saw was, you know, so 79% of people in Ohio got a refund and 18% of people paid in. And when you look at what we paid in, we were also amongst the lowest or the smallest people. So our people who owed were actually the fourth smallest amount owed on average as well too. So all those things considered, I, I say that makes Ohio a pretty savvy state when it comes to taxes. When we look at that, we may not rank well on the environmental side for some reason, but on the tax side, it seems like Ohio knows what they are doing and understands that game pretty darn well. It is kind of interesting that it, it breaks down the percentage for each state. And it seems like between 75 and 80% of the people get refunds. Mm-hmm. And then between around 20% actually owe in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that actually is the national average. So 75% of people got a refund as the national average and 79% of people in Ohio got a refund. So you're right. It's not, it, it, you would think it might be a little bit like maybe there's a state that only gets 50% or something with a refund. No, you, you don't see that. It, it's pretty consistent where it's, you know, about 20 to, you know, 15 to 25% of people owe and then about 75 to 85% of people people get a refund uh, when you're when you're when you're looking at that. So that's something to keep in mind as well, too. But the way I break it down for people, for the younger people that are listening out there as well, too. So if you owed two thousand dollars on your credit card this month, would you pay them three thousand dollars and wait for them to give you the money back? No, you wouldn't. You know, that's that's not how it works uh, out there. I pay the two thousand dollars. The difference between your credit card bill and your taxes is you know how much you owe on the credit card. You don't know how much you owe on the tax side, but you do. All you've got to do is look at your previous year's taxes and it tells you how much you paid in taxes. Okay, well, if last year I paid $5,000 in taxes and this year my income went up a little bit, it's a pretty safe assumption that I'm probably going to owe a little bit more than $5,000 in taxes. All right, well, let me take a look at my paycheck. If I get, let's just say, let's say I owed $5,200 in taxes and I get paid every two weeks. That means there's 26 pay periods during the year. Each paycheck, I should have $200 coming out in federal withholdings. If I do that, I'm going to pay in $5,200 into the system, which means I won't get a refund and I won't owe any money. So you have all the information available to you. You just don't know where to find it and how to apply it. So that way you can actually keep more money in your pocket. I mean, you got to think about it. If you're getting a $4,000 refund or a $3,000 refund, $3,000 is an extra $250 a month. You know, especially with inflation, groceries, everything else like that, that extra $250 a month may help you out right now in affording your bills to where you don't have to go on credit card debt or something like that. And avoiding those things is very advantageous as you enter retirement, right? Yeah. And what do you think the reason for people not having a conversation with their CPA or their accountant to make sure that they're as efficient as possible? 
Well, so again, most people don't know what to ask. And again, when you're talking to your CPA, you usually just go in, drop off your tax documents. They prepare your taxes, tell you if you owe or get a refund, and then you you sign and you're done. But and your tax person is very busy during tax season, so you have to you have to respect that and appreciate it. But usually, what I do is after my CPA has done my taxes, I set an appointment with her and go back and talk to her and say, okay, I know what last year was. Here's what I'm expecting for this year. What should I be doing differently? Should I be increasing my 401k? Should I change the withholdings on my paycheck so I can get more money in my pocket right now uh, with it as well? So you want to make sure that you're asking them questions about moving forward as well. Your, your, your time doing taxes this year shouldn't only be spent looking at last year. You should always be looking forward with it as well, too. And if you're not sure what to ask, when you come in and you do your comprehensive review, with us. This is one reason why we do look at your taxes every year. So we can help you better understand what opportunities that you may want to explore with your CPA are out there. And also what are things that maybe you should be doing a little bit differently that might help your taxes be a little bit more efficient moving forward. I always go back to capital gains tax, right? You know, so I remember this was a couple of years ago and I met with someone, they were doing their, you know, their analysis with us for the clear retirement solution. And I asked them about their social securities and pensions and everything else and what they were spending. And based off of that, I was like, you know, actually you're, uh, you're, you're not, you're still in the 12% bracket. And in fact, I think there's probably about $15,000 worth of wiggle room that you might have for things like Roth conversions or something like that. Uh, and they said, nope, Robert, we don't have that wiggle room because of our, our capital gains and our dividends. So when you have after-tax money, like say you took money from your bank account and bought Apple stock with it or another stock, as that stock grows and pays you dividends, it's creating taxes. So when you get a dividend, that dividend is treated like income, just added onto your income every year and you pay taxes on it. Capital gains, you only have capital gains when you sell something. So later on, if you sell that Apple stock, well, then you're going to pay taxes on any gains that you have in there. And there's different rates for all that. So I don't want to overwhelm people. But in essence, everything they had that was realizing gains and dividends for them was in their after-tax account. The stuff that they had that was just growing and all that that they weren't selling was in their IRA. And the beauty of IRAs is they're tax deferred. So you don't have to pay taxes on them while they're growing. All this person had to do was switch their investments around. If they put what was in their after-tax account in their IRA and took what was in their IRA and bought it in their after-tax account, they would have eliminated most of that $15,000 worth of dividends and gains and saved themselves a bunch of money in taxes every single year. So I know that's a deeper conversation for most people out there, but what you have to understand too is, you know, for all our listeners, we've got some veteran listeners out there. We got, we got to bring some of the deeper stuff for you. And we've got people who are the first time listeners. Well, if you're a first time listener out there and you're just starting to try and understand these things, this is why you come meet with us. This is why we're here to help explain things. And when it's your numbers and things you understand, it's a lot easier for us to explain some of these more complicated theories to you and comprehensive, complicated strategies to you as well. But 
This is why you come meet with financial professionals. We're here to give you advice. It's not just about what you know what you should buy in the market or should you buy an annuity or not or those things. That's definitely part of it. But it's also what strategies can you use for tax efficiencies? Is there a way to save yourself money on the healthcare costs as well too and make that more affordable as you go through retirement too? All right, Robert. So I have three different accounts and a lot of our clients have three different accounts. I have my after-tax, mm-hmm. my IRA, my Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Should I have all those invested in the same type of stocks? Does each account have a specific purpose? Oh, absolutely. Every account has, I'm a firm believer that every account should be invested differently, different accounts, different purposes, different tax reasons. That's how you create the tax efficiencies that you're looking for. I know there's plenty of advisors out there that have their own special recipe of investments that they think no matter no matter what type of money it is, just put it in this blend and you'll be fine. I am not someone who subscribes to that theory. I think that your IRA should be invested differently than your Roth IRA. Realistically, your Roth IRA is tax-free money as it grows. And that, in my opinion, that should be your most aggressive money. It doesn't have to be aggressive. It's just the most aggressive that you're comfortable being in. That's the money you want to grow. It's tax-free. Why, you know, and it's the money you're probably going to touch last uh, in there as well too. So let it grow. Meanwhile, your after-tax money, as we mentioned, you don't want something like when you're investing, there's things called actively managed positions. Actively managed means there's a lot of buying and selling. Well, we just explained with after-tax money, if you're buying and selling, you're creating taxes. So you may not want something as actively managed for that money. You want something that's more a buy and hold type philosophy over there and something that you're comfortable holding for a longer period of time until you need that money. And likewise, your IRA money, because it's tax deferred, a lot of your dividend paying positions and a lot of your income-based positions could go in there to help create more tax efficiency as well. But it all depends on how much money you have in each of these three buckets and you know what where the current circumstances are for you and how much income you're going to need. I mean, all these things play off of each other. They're all connected and they're all important to you as well too, because they can cost you money a lot in retirement if you're not careful. So you want to find a financial professional who understands those differences and ultimately who can use strategies that you're comfortable with and that suit your needs and your best interest. So this is what we do as we build that clear retirement solution for you is slowly educate you and teach you about some of these things. And let you know what, when we do that, re- that analysis on you, the main thing we're looking for, are what are the red flags? Like what are the most important things we need to address first? And then we focus in on those. So that way you can start understanding the important things first. And then, okay, now that we've got that covered, we still need to talk about these three other things. They, they're not as important, but they're still going to cost you money if we don't pay attention. So the clear retirement solution really helps you build your battle plan in terms of what issues do we need to tackle first and what are all the issues that we need to tackle as we're working together and everybody's needs are different. You know, we all know that as well too. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, We have to wrap it up. Uh, Why don't you let our listeners know, Robert, before we go, how they can get a hold of you. So as always, you can call 330- 804-0123. Uh, if you're listening late at night to one of the podcasts or you're listening to the radio shows on the weekend, leave us a message. We'll get back to you. Either Joe or Rebecca from my office will call you back. Uh, if you want to get on our email list, you can just leave us your name and your email. Uh, you can even text that information to 330 330- 804-0123. Or as always, you can visit us on the web at myprism, P-R-I-S-M, wealth.com. Uh, that's for our company, Prism Wealth Management. 
But this has been the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast for the week. We've talked about how Ohio stacked up in its COVID response. We've talked about Medicare options. We've talked about taxes in here. I think we, for for the amount of time we've been in here, I think we've covered a lot of ground for our listeners out there this week. And I'm sorry if your head is spinning, but there's just so much information that we need to give you. I mean, there's just so much to learn, so much to be aware of, and we want to help the people of Ohio as much as we possibly can. So as always, if you're interested, interested in doing a comprehensive review, all you need to do is call 330-804-0123. But on behalf of Matt and on behalf of Tony, this is Robert Dodaro of Prism Wealth Management. You've been listening to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast, and we'll see you next time.